How to Cover Money, Tips from Top Journalists. Today on How to Cover Money, the do's and don'ts of covering the tech world. It's fine to be a fan at one level. What I think is dangerous is to become kind of a fanboy or fangirl about the people doing the topic. Hello, and welcome to the Reynolds Center podcast. We're coming to you from the Donald W. Reynolds National Center for Business Journalism. We're based at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication at Arizona State University. I'm Mickey Maynard, director of the Reynolds Center, and with me is our co-host, Mark Remillard. He's a Cronkite alum and a reporter and anchor at KTAR News. Hello, Mark. Hi, Mickey. Today we bring you Series 2, Episode 5 of How to Cover Money, and today we're continuing our conversation with Dan Gilmore, who's one of the country's best-known technology journalists. That's right. Last week we talked to Dan about the big picture of where technology is today and all the dangers and opportunities that covering tech offers for journalists. This time, Dan is talking to us about what it's like to actually cover tech and some of the things that journalists have to think about when they get a little too cozy with the tech companies. This is an area that is fraught with peril, with ethical issues, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what Dan has to say. Yeah, technology can seem really complicated, uh, but it's actually really easy to get started. I don't think it's difficult to break into tech blogging because uh, right now there's such a, I think, a bubble in technology journalism that uh, people are getting hired all over the place, either full-time or freelance, with or without a lot of experience. But the best way to start on anything, what I would say to any person who is thinking about being a journalist of any kind, I I would advise, uh, among other things, starting a blog and pick a topic that you're really passionate about. Don't make it too broad. The more of a niche it is, perhaps the better. So if you if tech is something you want to do, find some part of tech that you want to become kind of the go-to person in the blogosphere. Become that person uh, who people turn to when they're interested in that topic because you get pointed to a lot and you point to others. This actually reminds me of what we've talked about with sports. Um, one of the best ways to become a sports journalist is to start blogging about sports. And what he says there, you pick one thing that you're just going to be the go-to person on, and that's really the best way to get your foot in the door. I knew a guy that every time a new product came out, he would be he would camp out to be one of the first people that got it, and it was a race for him to be the first one to be able to dismantle it. And so he could get inside the machine, pull it apart, and basically put how-to guides to how to fix the screen. That was like his specialty. Repairing things was his specialty. And so, and I remember one time he told me he got beat by like 15 minutes or something like that. And it just, it made all the difference in the world as to whether or not he got hits on his blog. And so it's a little bit like sports. And I, I, you know, I agree with that because I think a lot of tech is covered in exactly the opposite way. You have everybody chasing the same thing. This is what drives me crazy about the way that tech is covered. They give everything equal weight. So there's so much interest in tech right now that, you know, they put everything that they can get up on their blogs or on their publications, you know, just because they have to fill airtime or they have to fill space. And I call that feeding the beast. And you see it in political reporting. You see it in sports reporting. It's this idea that let's just keep churning, churning, churning. Um, Actually, Dan told us he thinks it can be done in a more thoughtful way. You know, I don't think blogs have to be that. And 
I don't I don't think they all are in any field. There, uh, one thing a blog is good for is to note briefly something that's interesting. Newspapers used to have things called reporters' notebooks, which would be a bunch of brief items that were kind of stray mini stories from that that didn't make it to the category of a real story. That's blogging, and and I thought of it as a place where I could do those things that were reporter notebook-ish, but where I would also explore with my audience the stuff I was working on. Also speaking of sports, what's interesting to me about this too is that uh, if you pick that one area of the of the blogosphere where you're going to be the go-to person um you need to make sure that you're still being you have some integrity that you're not becoming too much of a fan and that's what you see in sports a lot of times too you see i think um every sport has this problem but i think maybe pga golf is one of the worst like you never hear them talk a single bad thing about any player it's just or any issue going on because they're all buddies and they're all friends, and that's that's the thing that you want to avoid in tech journalism, just as much as in sports or any other kind of journalism. Um, so people get way too excited about um, the things that they're covering, and basically these are fanboys and fangirls. And there was a uh, fake newscast from The Onion that I saw years ago, and it absolutely cracked me up because it was making fun of fanboys of Apple. And there was one guy in there. He says. If it's bright and shiny and made by Apple, I'll buy it. Like, and so it doesn't matter what it is. Oy. But it's just they'll get it, and they'll they're gonna spend their hard-earned cash on it. And uh, and so as you might expect, uh, Dan doesn't really think too much of that kind of journalism. I think it it's fine to be a fan at one level. Uh, I think it's great to cover a topic because you're passionate about the topic itself. What I think is dangerous is to become kind of a fanboy or fangirl about the people doing the topic. Uh, and in the case of technology, the worship of certain companies uh, worries me a lot because uh, it's obvious and it, it doesn't seem to do much for journalism. Apple is at the top of the list. I think there's a pretty big fan club for Google, for Amazon. The, the rush to cover every little uh, new thing that happens in tech is sparked a lot by the blogs, which are numerous and very much uh, not the same, but, but very similar in many ways. And the ones that uh, break away from the, the, the noise often don't get the same number of page views, which is too bad. But, you know, it's a topic that people can monetize through advertising. Uh, in particular, and as long as churning out page views is the coin of the realm, we're going to get tremendously trivial stuff. So this is interesting to hear Dan talk about this because there's a sea change in thinking about traffic. So for our audience that isn't really aware of that, traffic is the number of people who come to your website. So for years and years and years, we've been measuring website effectiveness in terms of page views or how many people look at your story. Now there's the thought that you can, you know, you can play with page view numbers. Like if you wrote a story about the Apple Watch and included a Kardashian, your page views would go off the charts. But Kardashian fans are not there to read about the Apple Watch. They're there to read about Kardashians. So do you really want them 
Or do you want people who are there to look at the Apple Watch? So there's a thinking that this rush for page views now has probably not really helped these websites because they're a way to draw people in. But what you want to do is keep them and you actually want to get the audience that's there for what you're doing. So I think one of the things that we're seeing now is going to be a reflection on what has all happened with this drive to just attract people to your website? And of course, people are interested in this because of advertising, because they have to monetize their sites, they have to get people coming in. And, you know, Dan is very transparent about what he does. He's really transparent on his website about the companies that he consults with. He's transparent about the boards that he sits on, the companies that he owns stock in, and the places where he speaks. And I think that Dan is really a leader in this area of being honest with the audience about what he's really up to. So he told us that he thinks it's very important for all journalists to be as open as he is. If one's breaking into this in a solo way, and you have anything that might raise a question in someone's mind if they found out about it afterwards, better to tell them ahead of time. That feels like a good rule. I think this is why transparency is so important. And I think bloggers, by the way, are leagues more transparent in most cases than traditional media about conflicts that are not apparent. So, uh, again, I think the ethics, I sum up my journalistic ethics in those five principles of accuracy, thoroughness, fairness, independence, and transparency. And I don't always succeed in all of them, but I try pretty hard. I really think that what he's getting at there is this just this principle of fairness that, uh, you know, people ought to know where you're coming from. They should know where you're coming from as a reporter. They should know where you're coming from as a blogger. It doesn't really matter if you're out there to inform people on newsworthy events and things like that. They should know where you're coming from and, and like he said, what products you use, things like that, uh, to, to make sure that you're at least being honest and fair about what you're covering. And uh, that's some really good advice that Dan had. Staying with it. Being fair to people is incredibly important, even if you have a strong opinion. And I think, ideally, blogs are, are done with a human voice, with a worldview, but with some journalistic principles behind them, like thoroughness, accuracy, fairness, some level of independence, and that's a complicated word. Uh, and, and I would add transparency. I'm really glad that Dan made the time to talk to us. You know, this tech business is so huge and touches so many people. And you know, it's one of those things that almost falls beyond traditional business journalism, because there's kind of business journalism and tech journalism. And because of the fanboys and the fangirls, tech journalism is seems like it's moving off into a different direction than traditional business journalism. So it's really important to keep talking about the issues that Dan has raised in our last two episodes. Next week, we're going to hear about journalism from the editor's point of view. We'll be talking with Kim Quillen. She was in charge of the business section at the New Orleans Times-Picayune during Hurricane Katrina and the Gulf oil spill. Now she's at the Arizona Republic. Support for How to Cover Money comes from the Donald W. Reynolds National Center for Business Journalism. Visit our website, businessjournalism.org. You can sign up for our daily newsletter, Must Read Money Stories, which will give you story ideas that you can cover wherever you are. 
You can also see a calendar of all of our upcoming workshops and find information on how to enter the Barlett and Steele Awards for Investigative Business Journalism. For Mark Remillard, I'm Mickey Maynard. Now, start thinking like a business reporter.